Hey, welcome. Glad to have you guys here with us. My name is Jeff. I get the chance to serve as the lead pastor of this church. Like it or not, people. <laughs> I hope it's like it. I hope it's like it. Uh, no, it's a joy. It's a joy to be one of the pastors on staff. I actually think that we've just got a tremendous staff here at New Life uh, of pastors. Yeah, I love these guys and gals. Here at our Carney campus and our North Black campus. And we also have an amazing group of people that are leaders here at our church that are in our leadership pipeline. If you're in our leadership pipeline in any capacity, a director, a team leader, an assistant team leader, I just want to say thank you so much for serving and for giving of yourself. Uh, we've got some uh, amazing things coming up. Uh, here. I, I want to actually jump to something while I'm on that point really fast. I'm going to jump to an Easter announcement that I want to give you really quickly because we need people, all right? Easter's coming up in a few weeks. You guys, are, you guys know that, right? Okay, right, right. So it just snowed and now it's supposed to get warm. Easter's coming, right? So here we go. We want to make this Easter at New Life, we want to make it a record Easter. We want to see more people give their life to Jesus and more people see their lives change than any other Easter that has ever happened in the history of our church. And so here, yeah, right, that's what we're going for. So to do that, we have our service times at 930 um, and 11 o'clock at the Kearney campus and the North Platte campus. We're also going to be offering a 6 p.m. Saturday night service here at the Kearney campus, right? So there, there's another opportunity to invite people. So it's just going to happen for Easter. So please take advantage of that. If you're a family and you think, man, coming to church on Saturday night at the Kearney campus would be awesome for you. I want you to know God would like that too. Okay. <laughs> And God, you don't have to feel guilty about Sunday going, well, what do we do now? What do we do now? Love your family, right? You love God, love one another. There you go. It doesn't get much better than that. But the reason why I want to jump to this Easter announcement is because we need your help. We need more people serving in children's ministry and more people serving in our host teams at both campuses for Easter and Easter only. You can go to mynewlifechurch.com backslash events where you can see more information about Easter and you can sign up to volunteer and be a part of our host teams and our children's ministry. So please do it, all right? Just please do it. High five the person next to you and tell them, please do it. Come on, just please do it. Let's do it. Man, awesome. Hey, ladies, how many of you guys, I'm, guys, ladies, how many of you were at the women's event this weekend? Come on, let me hear you. Yes, yes, listen to this. At both campuses, we had 203 ladies show up for the girlfriend event. I'm proud of you, ladies. Come on. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. Man, man, that's so cool. That's so cool. And they thought that they were going to get away from like me, but no, I showed up on the screen with a little selfie video and everything. All right. And um, so I'm proud of you. Men, listen, did you hear that number that the women had? I know we're not supposed to be competitive. But we're throwing that out the window at this moment. Okay. So we've got a men's event. It's a men's conference coming up April 26th and 27th. I want you, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being excited. I, what I want you to do is I want you men, I want you to get this number tattooed on your brain, 203, okay? We need 204, okay? I'm just saying, I'm just saying. For the spirit of the Lord, all right? Um, but no, 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 listen. Listen, guys, look, I think the, the ladies just set an amazing bar. 
And really, why do we do these things? We do these things for men to come together and get to know one another. But we also are doing this men's event because we want men to be better spiritual leaders in their home. We want men to be better spiritual fathers, better spiritual husbands. We want more men to be more connected to the heart of God and leading their families in that way. And I think every lady that's in the house says amen to that, right? And every man should go, yep, you're right. (laughs) Ugh, you're right. And then sign up, sign up. So if, if ladies, you know, like at the event, right, I gave you a special code that you could, uh, you could like buy, you know, your husband or your boyfriend, uh, you can buy them the, the, the event. So I want you to use that because it goes out today. Like if you don't use it today, then man, it's gone. You don't get to use it. Men, sign up for the event, sign up now, sign up quick, and let's get rolling on that. All right. So it's going to be awesome. Invite friends to come with you as well. Well, look, we're, um, we're a number of weeks into a teaching series that's entitled The Lord's Prayer. If this is your first week with us, please know this. Um, every week kind of has been connected to the other weeks, but every week's a standalone. So you're going to get a lot out of today, right? But if today impacts your life like it did, I was talking to a woman after the first service at the seven-minute party. She was just telling me, look, I have to work every Sunday, but I, but I, I had this Sunday off. So as a church, I needed to hear this message today, Jeff. I'm going to be going back to MyNewLifeChurch.com, clicking on the On Demand, and I'm going to watch the last few weeks of this series. The ones you've already done, I'm going to watch the ones coming up because i got to work on Sundays. So if, if that's you as well, please know you can go to our website and you can see these past week sermons so that you can connect it all together because Jesus is trying to teach us something. He's trying to teach us how to pray. Okay, and that's what we're going to be talking about today is how to pray. But we're just going to look at a small section of it. So, guys, when was the last time that you had to fill out a contract that had fine print? I want you to think about it with me, all right? If you've had to fill one of those out recently, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, there's, a, there's the essence of, of the product that you want, but then you've got all of the fine print. could be like a, a cell phone uh, account that you got with a business. could be a mortgage recently that you took out. Or any host of things. It could be the fact that you signed up for iTunes. And you know, like online, it's crazy. Like when you sign up for something, a product online that has all the fine print, they don't even ask you to scroll through it anymore. At least out of integrity, they put the I agree at the bottom and you had to scroll all the way through it and click I agree. But they don't even do that anymore. Like now it's just like, hey, there's a, there's a contract that's got a ton of fine print. Pretty sure you don't want to read it. So here's a little easy screen. You just hit accept. And we do it. We had accept, so then therefore, we've just accepted the iTunes agreement, which by the way, did you realize the fact that if you have iTunes, you don't even own your own music? That you paid all that money for the music, but it doesn't belong to you? And that if any day they want to, they could just turn it all off and all your music goes away? So think of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars that you spent, but that was in the fine print. I'm pretty sure you knew that already. <laughs> the fine print, like, we, we don't read it. We just want the product and we want it now, Right? What we're going to tackle today in the Lord's Prayer is a bit like that. We want this piece. We just don't want to deal with the fine print that's all around it. Let me tell you what, let me show you what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus was going, look, let me teach you guys how to pray. Pray like this, he said. Give us today the food that we need. This is like clicking agree on, yep, give us today the food that we need. We all agree. That's what we want. It's not just food, by the way. I mean, we're talking about all kinds of things. But we want that without taking into consideration the rest of what Jesus was trying to teach us. We love the give me prayer. 
To give me all the money I need, give me all the health that I need, give me you know, all the relationships that I need, give me all of this and all of that and all the things that I don't even know how to ask for, Lord, but give it to me. Like We love the give me prayer, but most people only pray the give me prayer. Most of us, unfortunately, at the Carney campus and North Black campus, most of our prayer life revolves around this one little verse in all of what Jesus was teaching us how to pray. And we take this one little piece right out of context. And we go, yeah, that's how I'm going to pray. Just to give me prayer. And we miss all of the rest of it. I want you to notice, where is this prayer, a petition, where is it located in the Lord's Prayer? It's right, th- right in the middle. It's right in the middle. We've talked about everything that comes before it. And after this, we're going to talk about everything that comes below it. But I find it really interesting to give me prayer or give me what I need, what I think I need, is located right in the middle. So to really grasp what it is that Jesus is trying to teach us about prayer and about this give me prayer, you got to go back to the beginning and start at the beginning. Because look, let's just be honest. We all have things that we need. We all have things that we need to bring before the Lord and say, God, this is where I'm at. And we're, we're always going to have that. We're human. We live on a world that's falling apart. There's resources that we need. And there's some really good reasons why we should be asking God for what we need. Number one, he wants to hear it, okay? But we also should be boldly asking the Lord for, for our needs because, because we're asking them to our Father in heaven. Remember the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven. There's a reason why Jesus started it that way. Because he wanted us with our needs to recognize who we're coming to. We're coming to our Father in heaven. But we also need to come, and we should ask with a humble spirit, though, because we're sinful people coming with our needs to a holy God. And that's, that's another piece of the puzzle that you've got to hang on to. And we're going to talk about all of this today. But you also should come to God with a confidence, with an incredible confidence, because his kingdom and his will has come, and it's been done on earth as it is in heaven through Christ which then allows for our prayers to even be heard. So this, all of that was before Jesus got to this one simple little verse, give us today the food that we need. So guys, before you and me ask another, give me prayer, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, okay, we're all gonna have needs, but before we ask our next give me prayer, I want you to keep a few things in mind. Here's the first thing I want you to keep in mind that you're asking your Father in heaven. Never forget who you're asking. You're asking the one who holds the universe in his hand. You're asking the one who is the king of the heavens and the king of the earth. He has the ability, the authority, and the power and the resources to answer any prayer he chooses to. And that the Father in heaven who you're praying to, he delights in you asking him, by the way. He delights in it. He's not annoyed with you bringing your request to him. He delights in the fact that you bring them to him and you're asking him for what you need. Why? Because it shows your dependency on him. It shows your dependency. Lord, I'm dependent upon you, therefore I bring my needs to you. I want you to listen to what the Spirit of the Lord was saying to the people of Israel about God's desire to hear your needs. Listen to this. In Isaiah chapter 62, it says, Oh, oh Jerusalem, I have posted watchmen on your walls. They will pray day and night continually. Then he goes on, he says, Take no rest, 
All you who pray to the Lord, take no rest. Then verse 7, give the Lord no rest until he completes his work, until he makes Jerusalem the pride of the earth. I want you to just look at it for a second. Wrap your head around what's really happening here. The Lord is saying, look, give the Lord no rest. Give the Lord no rest. That means this, he's not bothered by your needs. He's not annoyed by your needs. He's saying, look, bring your needs to me. Give me no rest. Bring them to me. I love you. I want to hear them. I want to walk alongside of you with this. But I think many times we kind of feel like, like the, the preschooler who has nonstop need factory. I got grandchildren. Preschoolers are nonstop need factories. Any parents in here in agreement with me? Right? I need chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. And look, we had four kids and they were like packed close to each other. It was a need factory in our house. But they need, they need this. Like, I, here's what I know. I know that the grandkids are going to be coming to the house for a little while because when I open up the refrigerator door, I see a few items. There's a lot of chocolate milk. <laughs> fruit snacks are everywhere. And applesauce shows up from nowhere. And not big packets like that's really cost effective and little dinky ones that you have to pull the top off of. Filled with plat. I mean, you know, I'm saying like, well, can we just buy the big one and just pour it into a bowl? Oh, Papa, they don't like that. <laughs> well, I like my money. So, hey, let's, <laughs> let's figure this deal out. They're a need factory. They always need something, right? They need this. They need that. You know, they need this toy. They, they need this new puppy, this new pony. They need a new airplane. I understand that one. Okay, I got that one. <laughs> They all have needs though, right? And they're needy and then they all have these questions that never stop. Like, Papa, why, why, why is it hot outside? There's a sun, kid, there's a sun. Hey, Papa, why is it dark? I didn't turn the light on yet. Like, Papa, why is this? Why is that? Why is this? Why is that? I think we, we, get, like, we get this picture of this you know, preschooler that is in need, 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 and has all these questions, which, by the way, come on, can we just admit it right now? It is adorable, and we do love it. <laughs> right? Grandkids, if you're listening right now, I, I do love you. I just want you to know that. Right? But I'm wore out when you leave my house. I'm wore out. I think we feel that way, though. Like we feel like we're going to come to God and we're just going to be this annoying need factory. We're going to come to God and we just got all these questions and we think questions are doubt and that doubt is a lack of faith. And so, therefore, we don't bring our questions. And we've kind of got ourselves caught in this trap where God's going, look, give me no rest. But we can't humble ourselves to the point of even bringing our needs to him because we're all confused and we got all these things locked up. Um, John Newton, the, the author of Amazing Grace, you know, like the actual Amazing Grace, he said this about asking, asking of the Lord. He says, thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, large ones. For his grace and his power are such, none can ever ask too much. I think that's true. The, the really, there's, what's, what's so big that you can't bring to God? that he can't handle. Sometimes that's actually what we think to ourselves. Like, this is so big, God. I'm going to tackle this one because it's too big for you. Or, hey, God, I know that there's a lot going on, man. You got a whole universe to run. Um, I need this done now. I'm going to take care of it. So I don't even pray about it. 
Right? And so we get kind of into that mindset, but guys, I'm telling you, God wants us to bring these things to him, but you need to know, it's important to know, God's not your personal genie. We like that. We like, rub the Bible a little bit, <laughs> live life just right, pray just right, poof, there's the answer to my prayer. Like, there is no magical formula in that sense that you read enough Bible, live your life right just enough that God now acts like your genie and you get three wishes every day to, like, ask whatever you want for God to do. No doubt that would be awesome. But it's not reality. It's not reality because God is a father who loves you and cares about you and he knows what's best for you, by the way. And that's what good fathers do. Good fathers know what's best for their kids. Think about it. Think about the last time you were with your, your preschooler, your elementary age, right? Your junior higher, some high schoolers, and you're standing in the checkout lane, right, of a grocery store, and then there's all the candy, and now here they go. This is what always happens. I raised four kids. I got grandkids, right? They go this. Hey, hey can, dad, dad, can, can I have a candy bar? Or, Dad, it's two for the price of one. You can have one too. That's when they get smarter. That's when they get smarter. Early on, they're like, hey, Dad, it's two for the price of one. They're thinking, I get to eat both of them. They're thinking double-fisted, you know. Yeah, I get that. But that's what they ask, isn't it? And you're standing there, and you look at your watch, and um, you think to yourself, Dinner's in a few minutes, and my kids already had enough sugar for the day. So you turn and you tell them, no, no, you can't have the candy bar. Now, let me just ask you a quick question. Was that the right response from a father when he calculated dinner's in a few minutes, we got to get home to do that, and you've already had enough sugar? Is the answer no from a father the right answer? Right? Hey, look, your kids aren't sitting next to you. Come on, you can answer truthful right now. Right. The answer is right. That's right. Right. Like to say no was the right response. But how is the kid going to reply? That's not going to go well, is it? Then all of a sudden you're going to hear this in the grocery store. Security at the checkout lane three. Security. Because <laughs> your kid's like, no! Because the end of the world's happening for them. Because they don't get the two for the price of one candy bar. Right? So they're freaking out over this thing. But you are completely in the right. You guys do understand that that's how we, re we respond to God, right? We're like, the, we're like the toddler at times. We have an idea that we think is best for us. We bring it to the Lord, and the Lord says no. Or he doesn't answer, that's what we say. Oh, the Lord just didn't answer. Because we don't like the word no. We would rather say the Lord didn't answer. Right? So we don't get what we want, and we throw a fit about it. And then we grab a hold of the resources we have and we go and we make it happen. We become little spiritual shoplifters. Now that was a good thought right there. That wasn't in my notes. You could tell that, right? That's how we become though. We're like, I want it anyways. And we go and we do things that cause more and more harm for ourselves. When what we really need to do is just say, I trust you, Lord, and I'm going to humble myself to your answer. Which basically leads me to the next thought to consider that before we ask God the next give me prayer, 
you also need to keep in mind that God is holy. And we talk about this often because it's important to us. It's a core value, basically, of ours, if you can say it that way, that we worship a holy God. Um, that just means that God's perfect in his motive. He's perfect in his timing. He's perfect in his purpose. And he's perfect even in his attitude. Now, we, on the other hand, are not holy. So we then are sinful. And that means this. We're not perfect in our motive, our timing, purpose, or attitude. God is all of those things. We are none of those things. But we often pray, forgive me prayers that are from a selfish point of view. Our give me prayers typically come from the things that just, they touch our need. They may not touch God's need or their need, but they definitely touch our need. And that's where our give me prayer comes in. And we don't always know really what's even best for us, do we guys? I mean, come on, if you're honest about that, you would say, I don't always know what's best for me, but I've got to give me prayer and I throw it up to the Lord. And the reason, the reason why we don't know what's best for us is because we're blind. We're blind. Like, like today, after church, if someone was legally blind here and they came up to you and they said, hey, I got a great idea. All right, here's the deal. Give me the keys to your car. I'm driving you home today. <laughs> Would you give them the keys to the car? No. And you know what? In all fairness and all honesty, someone that's legally blind wouldn't even ask you for the keys. Because they know I don't have a driver's license, and that's gonna be really dangerous. We're blind, but we ask for things as if we can see. We're blind, like we don't even know what's best, but we're asking with this like conviction that we know what our true need really is. When in all the time, God knows what's best. And so our approach to him should be, God, I'm sinful. I don't even know what's best for me. You're holy. You definitely know what's best for me. So God, help me even in my ask to you. And that means that we're going to have to trust the integrity of God. And you're going to have to trust the motive of God. And you're going to definitely have to trust that the holiness of God is perfect in his response back to you, no matter what the response is. Are you with me so far? So can we talk just for a minute here then about the so-called concept of the, you know, unanswered prayer? Can we talk about that for a minute? Because I, I hear a lot of people asking, this doesn't seem like God's answering my prayer. This unanswered concept of God. First, I want you to know this, that no prayer, no prayer brought to the Father in Jesus' name goes unanswered. That's a bold statement. No prayer to the Father in Jesus' name goes unanswered. But to really wrap your head around that means you have to come to this conclusion with me, that no and not yet are answers, even if they're not the ones you want to hear. No and not yet, those are answers, just like for the child. They didn't want to hear that, but that was what was best for them at that moment. No, or how about this? By saying no, it could have been not yet. Because the father knows that after dinner tonight, you know, mom's made your favorite dessert. So if I give this to you now, not only was that spoiled, but desserts, I mean, the whole thing, right? So when God says no or not yet, that happens to be a concrete answer. God knows. God knows in the midst of that, though. This is what I love about God. He knows that when he says no and not yet to us, we don't always, we can't always wrap our head around that. We can't always, you know, grab a hold of it and just be like, wow, praise you, God, for that. So here's what he's done. He's given us the Holy Spirit to comfort us. To comfort us 
when our will and his will are totally different, to comfort us, to bring us back into alignment with his will, to bring us back to a moment of peace. The power of the Holy Spirit, if you right now are wrestling with, well, I'm praying, it doesn't seem like God's doing any answering. Here's what my suggestion is. Pray this, Holy Spirit, help me to be in alignment with the Father's heart on this. And the comforter will help you get in alignment with God. That's his role. That's his job. Come to him. I don't understand this. It feels like the weight of the world's crushing down on me. It's like everywhere I turn, I keep running into God seemingly saying no, no, no. And I think the answer needs to be yes, yes, yes. Then pray this, Holy Spirit, help me to have the peace of the Father on this issue. Like change your prayer. Because it's insane what we do when we don't get our way. We just keep beating our head against the same wall, expecting something different that in some capacity, in some way, that maybe I can convince God to change his mind on what he already knows is best. And we throw the spiritual temper tantrum in the aisle three checkout lane as if that's going to change God's mind. Moms and dads, did it ever change your mind and make you go, oh, man, I was wrong. You really do deserve the candy bar. Of course not. Of course not. You want to have them bagged up by the bagger, thrown into the cart, and push them out to the car and put them in the trunk, and let's go home. Like, you're just like, that's enough, right? The temper tantrum doesn't work. Neither does it work with us. So first, no prayer offered to the Father goes unanswered in Jesus' name. But secondly, we need our asking healed. Our asking is so driven by our selfishness. We need that healed. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord, bring our needs to him, and before we ask another give me prayer out of a selfish attitude, we need to say first, God, on this issue, I got ideas. You created me that way. You created me to have ideas. You created us as humans to have solutions for, the, for our problems that we face. But Lord, before I offer a single give me prayer, God, would you do something amazing? Would you work a miracle in my heart and help my heart line up with your will right now on this? There's something that's happening that I don't see, but you see it. Lord, I need to see that before I ever even try to go beyond that in my prayer. Let, I gotta heal my ask by getting my heart lined up with his heart because that's where the true power of prayer comes from. True power of prayer comes when we pray God's will. Look at what 1 John says about it. It says, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that, what? Pleases him. Or in other versions would say, according to his will. So we can have a confidence in knowing that God hears us, but that confidence is when what? When we're praying our will and our agenda? No, when we're praying his will and his agenda. So that's where true prayer starts from. True prayer starts from the heart of God that the believer submits to and prays God's heart on the issue, and that's what starts to move mountains. So secondly, we need to get our ask healed. We need to get our life submitted to his will. But thirdly, and I want you to like buckle up for this one, and I want you to hear me out all the way out on this one, okay? Follow me on what I'm telling you here. Thirdly, dealing with the unanswered, the so-called unanswered prayer. We can have confidence that our prayers are heard 
because Jesus didn't get the answer that he wanted to his prayer in the garden. Now you're going, well, what was that prayer? Here's what that prayer was. Matthew 26, Jesus said, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Now, it says dot, dot, dot. There's more to that prayer. But in essence, that's what he was asking. And you know what answer Jesus got to that prayer? No. That's what the Father said. No. That's not going to happen. Listen to me. We're sinners. Every single one of us. We literally deserve to have none of our prayers answered. Jesus, righteous, perfect, holy in every way. He deserves for every one of his prayers to be answered. But follow me, because Jesus took the penalty of our sin, then he was treated like we deserve. But now, God treats you and me because of what Jesus did like Jesus deserved. Because Jesus decided to offer that prayer that you read, and the dot, dot, dot is where the power of it came in. If it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. However, I want your will to be done, not mine. That's the game changer line right there. And here's the game changer. The game changer wasn't that he tagged it on to the end of the prayer. The game changer was he prayed the entire prayer with that attitude. And so he goes to the cross, he, he gives up his life, he bears the sin of humanity upon his shoulders, he dies and he rises again on the third day, he ascends to heaven and that's where he's at today, so that you and me can come to the Father and we can say to him, give us today our daily bread. And God goes, I want to bless you. And the heart of God is always wanting to bless you, even when he says no and not yet. That's the heart of God, guys. The heart of God isn't that, oh, God's against me because he keeps saying no and not yet. It's as if God's now for you because he's saying yes. And every response from the Father is a perfect motive and purpose for you right now. Bring your give me prayers to the Lord. Bring them to the Father in Jesus' name and expect an answer. It just might not be the answer you're looking for. Start your give me prayer like Jesus ended his. Start it with, God, I want your will to be done. In this moment, don't let my will be done. But Lord, this is what's on my heart. But God, I ultimately just want your will to be done. You see what I'm saying? So what should we do today? Let's bring our give me prayers to the Lord. But let's first... Say, God, let my heart be lined up with yours because ultimately I want your will to be done. Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Lord, as a congregation of people, there are so many different kinds of needs that are represented here today. The needs are endless. The needs are all over the board. I don't even want to start to try to label any of them or categorize them because they're just... So, so vast and such a variety of needs. But Lord, here's the beauty of it all. You already know the needs before we ask. But you want us to ask because it shows our dependency upon you. 
But Lord, when we ask, you're looking for a heart that first desires your will and not just to try to conform you, God, to our will, because that's never gonna happen. We're never gonna conform you to our will. Doesn't matter what, what, we, what temper tantrum we throw in aisle three at the checkout lane, it doesn't matter. We're never gonna conform you to our will. We can read our Bible 24 seven, and we can do everything perfect, but in the end, it's always gonna be your will. Just like with Jesus. Look, if it's possible, but Lord, you said no. I, I already had a will on this situation, son. If you can say that to, to your son, Jesus, you're definitely wanting to say it to us for the betterment of our lives. Father, thank you. Thank you for saying no. Thank you for saying no that day because I would be nothing without that. Because you stuck to the plan. Jesus, thank you for surrendering to the Father's plan because without that, I'd be nothing today. I'd be no one. The power of one simple ask, according to your will, and Father, you saying no changed my life for eternity. So Lord, may we be um, willing to accept no and not yet as your answer. May we thank you for that, just like we thank you for when you say yes. So Lord, let your will be done in this church, and let your kingdom come in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.